0: Welcome to episode 251 of the Outback Mind podcast. Thank you so much for joining in and supporting the Outback Mind Foundation as we progress our work to support more guys in regional Australia. Really important to get education out there and stories of lived experience and people that uh, have walked the path and uh, have got their own sort of stories and journeys to tell We've had some amazing guests on over the last couple of years and uh, they continue to come. Today's guest, Tim Wheatley, uh, son of a former... Uh, producer Glenn Wheatley, well-known uh, Glenn was, uh, passed away unfortunately a year or so ago. Uh, Tim uh, in his own right, has sort of paved the way um, as a performer, uh, as a creative uh, director and artist, and uh, basically doing some amazing work. But we're going to talk about Tim's own you know, personal challenges and journey today uh, and sort of what he's experienced and what he's doing now to keep himself physically and mentally well and also some of the amazing work that he's got coming up. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat. Really important and enlightening and uh, really encourage you to share it with others. If you'd like to... Uh, uh, support the About Mind Foundation. Uh, please jump on the website, have a look at what we do. Uh, if you'd like to get us into your workplace to do a screening of Healing Men's Minds, Healing Men's Minds, to uh, open conversations about men's health, it's a very powerful um, documentary and uh, you know conversation that follows. So uh, please reach out. If you'd like to have a chat about that, anything else, any partnership opportunities that we're, we're, uh, we're currently looking at, um, rolling out in, in 2024, um, we've got some, some great uh, initiatives there and great speakers that have joined with us to uh, to help out workplaces throughout Australia. So please reach out if you'd like to support it at backmind.org.au and I'll send you some info. All right. Uh, appreciate your feedback, uh, for your feedback on this chat with Tim and I and uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Tim, thanks for joining me.
1: Mate, thank you very much for having me, I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, look, I um, I don't know you personally, but I, I, I know uh, of your dad really well, and uh, as soon as uh, I heard uh, the surname Wheatley, I automatically went to uh, to, to thinking about your dad, because there's not too many around with that surname, I don't reckon. So. <laughs> no,
1: there's not, there's not, no, it's <laughs> rare as hen's teeth.
0: English? Is it English?
1: It is English, yeah, but yep, English and Scottish.
0: Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, good combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, mate, what was it like as a young fella growing up with with a famous dad?
1: Oh, look, it was um, <coughs> it was it was it was hard getting through airports with everyone stopping and shaking hands, and you um, know, restaurants and and things like that. Especially if we were with Mister Farnham himself as well. It was like, you know, good luck. We'd have to leave an hour early, but um, mm. you know, <coughs> sort of grew up um, joined at his hip, really, um, and just wanted to go where he was going pretty much all the time. Um, it, was, um, it, was, <laughs> it was a baptism of fire, you know, backstage everywhere and standing side of stage for some of the biggest concerts in the world. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for much. It was a pretty exciting pretty exciting childhood.
0: Mm. So, so just thinking about that, like you, you were obviously a young kid going to school, that type of stuff, but then you had this sort of uh, surreal lifestyle uh, alongside it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, school, I, I hate school, you know, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah. you know, I sort of go back to when I was at school, I was, you know, on, as far as the hierarchy goes, I was phytoplankton, and, um, <laughs> yeah. it was, you know, but then, but then when I was with dad, you know, he's sort of walking around like kings, and um, I just, I, I preferred that.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. What, uh, so, so, who were some of the, the people that you got to mix with? Obviously, John Farnham was one of them. Anyone else come to mind?
1: Oh, we, we grew up very closely, um, with, with the Barneses as well. And, um, mm-hmm. and the Birmingham's Billy Birmingham of 12th man fame yeah, and, um, Glenn Shorek from, and the Shureks from yeah. Little River Band and, yeah. um, you know, and then, and then whoever was in town on tour, um, uh, you know, Tom Jones, Lionel Richie, it was, um, it was always, it was always pretty damn exciting. And, um. Yeah, like I said, wouldn't trade it. You you learn a fair bit from these people and how they operate and their idiosyncrasies and, you know, their their quirks and, and how they they get themselves into a mindset to do what it is that they do. And everyone's got a different technique, you know. So it was um it was fascinating and I sort of moved into like my father always said I was doomed but um, I you know I sort of moved into that as well in, into music and spent the last 20 years touring solo and working my way around the world doing the same thing mm.
0: and and do you, did you have a talent for it when you were young or was it something which sort of was was taught to you on how to how to perform and how to you know get your vocals working in that top thing or was it really natural for you
1: um, look it was you know at, at first honestly I had an aversion to it I didn't want to be Glenn Wheatley's son I didn't want to do those things that he did I wanted to sort of be you know someone else and I actually started touring my first my first solo inc- uh, incarnation was not using my name I hid behind the moniker of Crooked Saint <laughs> and toured for five years just because I didn't like the comparison I didn't like the pressure that it sort of put on me to be Glenn Wheatley's son when I was performing and you know and, you know, there were always still a few people that put it together and would always sort of, you know, yell out, hey, play, you're the voice, play Sadie, or, you know, turn mm. up your radio and stuff like that. And, you know, and for whatever reason, it, it really played on my mind and made me angry. And I don't know why it really made me angry in hindsight. But, um, you know, it wasn't until I moved to America that I found the confidence to sort of play under the name Wheatley because no one knew who he was or what it was. So, um, oh. and that, and then I came back to Australia and you know, that's, that's sort of where I really embraced it.
0: Amazing, mate. <clears throat> no, I, I've heard lots of stories of young fellows that have had that, uh, that similar pathway, whether it be a sporting identity or someone that's quite well known and, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people do, um, you know, do sort of move away from it, particularly as your brain's still developing, you know, as you're a young adolescent or up to 25, you know, you're still trying to figure yourself out and everything isn't certain for you. So, um, yeah, to be able to like really, you know, stay on that path and walk that path early without any attachment to identity um, would be really difficult. But, um, mate, I, I, I really you know, commend you for, for, for following what you love doing and, um, you know, some of the good things that have happened from that. Yeah, no, I appreciate
1: it. You know, it's it's one of those things. You know, the, the name also sort of—I always use this analogy. It used—it opened up a lot of doors for me as well. Obviously, um, but but you know, but people don't sort of understand that. It you know, with every door that was opened, there was also some that were firmly shut. You know, they, yeah. they 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 were locked. And um, you know, for, for whatever reason, you know, people thought sort of certain things were, you know, gifted to me or I had these certain milestones in my musical career as a result of him. But um, you know, like I don't think you can I'm pretty proud of the fact that you can't argue with the thousands of shows that I have done, um, you know, and, and often to absolutely no one in the room and you know, I'm pretty proud and can put my hand up and say that I paid my dues there musically yeah. and and um you know, and that, that was that was a real test, though, you know, like um, you'd sort of spend, you know, year after year up and down the East Coast or in the States in best westerns or, you know, motorings and things like that by mm-hmm. yourself, and you, you get a lot of time to sort of think about, you know, what it is that you're doing and have I made the right decision to, you know, follow this path? Am I good enough? But it was genuinely what I love doing, and uh, I feel more comfortable on stage and getting – and I'm sort of it, – it's funny, like – I'm always healthiest mentally on the road because mm-hmm. uh, I'm sort of forced into a position to look after myself. You know, I can't drink night after night. I can't. You know, I, I ease up on the smoking because of my voice. Um, mm. And you know, it's and and I'm sort of mentally preparing myself and keeping myself busy for that next show. And this and and I'm sure a lot of performers will say the same thing. But you know, getting up on stage, singing your songs, and and and. And, you know, receiving positive feedback after that's just, you know, it's one of the most rewarding things you can possibly do. Mm,
0: yeah, I agree, mate. It's, um, I, I personally, I, I don't, um, you know, understand the, the lifestyle to perform, but I know what it's like to live in motel rooms consistently <laughs> <laughs> because of what you're doing, and, uh, yeah, there is there is some sort of you know good good things that happen with it, but there is a lot of lonely times with it too, you know. And um, uh, I was thinking while you were speaking there, like some of the bands of the '80s, which just partied consistently, it would have been a tremendous lifestyle, but there was obviously consequences that went <laughs> went along with that. Yeah, look, I mean, you look at, you,
1: it, it, uh, you, I don't know how some of them really did it, and I guess a lot of you know stories were sort of. I guess their fate was pretty sealed by, you know, their rambunctious behaviour um, a lot of the time. And, you know, I, I guess, I reckon in hindsight, 90% of them would all say it really took a toll on them.
0: Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've got no doubt. I remember, remember uh, going into Dragons, um, uh, Dra- remember the band Dragon? Like, they played... Uh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, of course, they were actually they were on um, Weekly Records at one point, too. Oh,
0: serious? Well, I, I really wanted to meet Mark Hunter, and um, I went. I went and saw him up in Cobram. I went went to their room. I was at the same motel, and he was passed out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember my my father got to meet one of his heroes once, Van Morrison. Mm. and uh, Dad was actually putting on the show that he had Van Morrison on, and Astral Weeks was his favourite record growing up. The Masters Apprentices played it ad nauseum when they moved to England in 1971. Mm. And, um, and he goes, here I go, I get my chance to meet my idol. And uh, he walked up and he stuck his hand out to Van Morrison. He said, hi, Van Morrison, Glenn Wheatley. And Van Morrison turned around and said, fuck off, kid. <laughs> oh, <are you> serious? There, <laughs> Dicky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, And Dad uh, said, "Well, there was a grown man in tears."
0: It's <laughs> unreal. Yeah, 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 There wasn't. Uh, it was either you're on or you're off. Back in those days, wasn't it? Sort of thing, you know. So uh, a lot of people, um, uh, yeah, were disrespected. And I think we've actually come a long way in that space, you know. Like people, uh, you know, realise they've got a duty of care to, to to respond well to people and you know communicate yeah. well because that could have a flow on effect on how they operate, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely and you know that's something I've always noticed with um with Farnham as well is you know like he does try to avoid a lot of the confrontation that comes his way but you know in those situations that you he can't he can't avoid it he's just always just so gracious and he's just as as you'd imagine him you know he's charismatic and he he turns it on but mm. you know a lot of that you know turning on the charm and 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 strapping the smile on and stuff you know it takes its toll on you as well you know like there's there's certainly a dump off after you know trying to you know, carry this charisma with you, you know, that sometimes, you know, you, you know, sometimes he's having a bad day, sometimes he's not in the mood for that, but he feels obligated to sort of, you know, push through that. And I noticed that with my father as well a lot, you know, he'd be, you know, on the other side of things with business side, you know, he'd be in a financial vice, but, you know, he's still got to go out front up, chest out, and, um, you know, put on a brave face, you know, when he's not necessarily feeling that confident about, you know, the outcome of things. And I think that was one of the things that I noticed growing up that really took its toll on him.
0: Mm. Oh, mate, I've got no doubt. Um, you know, anyone that's got a high-profile has got to, you know, put on, would, you wouldn't call it an act, but like, you know, certainly put on uh, uh, a way of, of being, which isn't maybe how they're feeling, you know, yeah. and um, uh, yeah, it does have a toll, but it's just like anyone that's a, a, a professional or someone in the workplace, you know, you got to front up and, and do work every day that uh, you may not be, you know, too connected with, but at the same time, if you're not managing your nervous system properly, then you do get a kick in the ass, and this is where a lot of performers probably do down yeah yeah
1: yeah it's you know it's got to be emotionally exhausting and uh you know you know i find that in entertainment and probably sport as well you know the highs are very high and the lows are very low Mm, yep
0: yep do you know do you know diesel at all
1: yeah i've toured with mark lazotte a lot
0: (laughs) yeah yeah mate he's uh Champion, and, and we, we had a good chat recently, but um, he just he just keeps himself physically fit, and um, you know, he sort of moved away from the partying side of things 20 or 30 yep. years ago, but but it just keeps him balanced. Before a performance, he'll go for a run, but then he'll know how to down-regulate after a session. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he,
1: he must look after himself. He still looks 20 years
0: old. I know he does. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? It must be the, uh, the lasagna. <laughs> But,
1: uh, <laughs> it, must, it must be, his mum's cooking or his brother's cooking's pretty damn good
0: too Yeah, but but there's someone that, um, that could see where you know there's there's some equi- equilibrium in his life and he knows what he does or needs to do to keep himself balanced and yep. um, I reckon, you know, Tim, moving more into modern society, we're going to find out a bit of a niche and what it is for us that helps us feel like we're grounded because if we don't, then that's when we experience poor mental health outcomes
1: Yep Yep, absolutely. I find – I've noticed a lot of people these days where um, where touring used to be, you know, you know, especially with me, um, but, you know, touring used to be a very solo sort of thing. You know, you'd be away with the band, you'd have your manager, you'd have your tour manager and stuff like that. And, and whilst they're there and you're all in the same boat, they're not necessarily the people to lean on because they're going through the same thing as well. And I've just noticed a lot of people now taking – taking other people around or friends from home or, or family members just for that emotional support, you know, that safety blanket. And um, I, I think that's probably something that's changing a lot as well these days.
0: Yeah, no doubt. It's good to see. And there's more compromise these days than what there probably was, you know, back in the past. So tell me, mate, do you, you, you had some, some, some challenges yourself um, with some mental health issues when, when sort of things progressed over the last few years or is it something that you've sort of struggled with for for a while? Yeah,
1: look. I, when I, when I lost Dad um, uh, last year, early last year in February, I was I spent the last two years um, of his life in in lockdown in London, so I couldn't get home. And um, and I got a call on New Year's Eve saying that Dad's got COVID, and I, I sort of I raced home. Um, but you know we had to do we had to isolate ourselves, and I sort of missed spending any time with him before we put him into hospital, and and had to. Sadly, after a, a long struggle, a, a couple of weeks, three weeks with um, with COVID, we had to incubate him and we sort of knew that it might be the last chance that we had and, of course, there was no chance to really sit down with him and talk with him in his condition. So, um, mm. And then, um, <clears throat> then when he passed, um, uh, you know, um, I had to – I delivered his eulogy and two weeks later I had my first child mm. and um, it was um, – it was. It sort of left me with no time to grieve in that sense, and really assess what had gone on. I, and and um, I, I had a lot of trouble initially, really embracing um, this this gift that I was given, my my daughter London and. <sighs> You know, every time I sort of held her, I, I'd, I'd break down, thinking, "Oh, you know, my father missed this. I was, I was too late to give him this gift as well, and share share this the most beautiful thing in the entire world with him." Mm. And um, and and I got, I was very angry with myself. I really, I really took it pretty hard in that sense. And and on top of that, my father had a hell of a lot of loose ends. He started so many of these projects that I've been busy with over the last eighteen months, and um. And I, I sort of shifted my grief into into working these projects, keeping keeping myself busy, and and sort of mistook dealing with my grief with keeping myself busy and keeping my mind off it. Mm. Um, and I never I never stopped and couldn't stop. I mean, even watching the documentary, and you know, he, we, we trawled through hours of interviews of him him speaking. You know, only only a few weeks before he passed, and um, you know, stuff I'd never seen. And it sort of, it, it, it wasn't, ne- it didn't necessarily make me sad. It, it, I was determined to finish these projects. And, I, and I'm speaking mainly of the, uh, finding the voice documentary, um, mm. on, on John, which has had this, this incredible success and it might've all been different. Had dad been with us, the narrative of the story would have been a lot different and I might not have been as connected to it, but, um, it's um, you know it's it's it buoyed the family and it's 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 great to have that there but um, it wasn't until um, you know we we to go down into the into the archives constantly and, and sift through um, his personal things and tapes and stuff like that with my mother when we weren't necessarily in a state to do so like we had to sort of we had to pull ourselves together give each other a hug and just you know in tears just just sifting through memorabilia and and, and things and. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the only guy that had all the answers to what we were looking for was, you know, sadly gone. And um, so it's been... um, I went into an incredibly dark place um, for a few months but was sort of numb to it all. I didn't, um, you know, I I didn't address it. Um, I didn't... I I, I spoke to friends. I spoke to friends a lot. I was on the phone to people at night all the time and it wasn't until I sort of um, packed up and uh, this is just four months ago, um, I packed up and... Took my family up to newry bar um mm. and we just rented a house up there for four months in the silence away from it all and sort of just you know really connected with my daughter really connected with my wife again for the first time because i've been sort of i was walking around for 18 months as a zombie yeah
0: yeah 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 it makes sense mate i, I really appreciate you sharing that and 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 you're right um not as deep but i had the same experience this year when my dad died
1: Oh, I'm sorry
0: to hear that. yeah and just the like the, the, the rushing around and all of the, the, the um, you know the things that were going on I uh, was we making a documentary at the time and it was like that was still trying to carry on while I was organizing things for him and I did a presentation for an organization and I actually broke down because I just felt like my nervous system was just destroyed from everything I yep. was doing but I was just <clears throat> trying to push through it and it's not healthy you know.
1: Yeah, it, ca- it catches up with you. It's like, um, mm. you know, you, you, you're borrowing from tomorrow constantly. I felt like, you know, like you just every 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 ounce of strength to get through every every premiere and speak at premieres and and hold yourself together. You just, you know, like without without addressing that and breaking down every now and again, you, it's just it's just getting backed up. You know, it's it's still in you, and you haven't you haven't sort of you haven't you haven't vented, you haven't released, you haven't. Told enough in, enough people how it really is, mm. and yeah, it, it, like I said, man, that that takes its toll.
0: Yeah, and and you know, within a, within the space of a week, you've got to deal with that. You've got to deal with a funeral, and you've got to deal with everything else around it. For me personally, too, this is something pretty personal too, Tim. But me and a couple of fellas are having a year off drinking, and yep. uh, as soon as I heard my old man died, that was the first thing that came to my head. You know. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yep. you know, I, I fortunately moved through that period without it. But, um, uh, because my dad and I had a relationship where we was always having a few beers, like I thought I'd have to go back and cope by drinking with people, you know, just to mm-hmm. just to compromise, you know. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, I actually had a totally different experience. But I think if I did drink, it would have numbed me a little bit, so I, yep. uh, I didn't uh, have, you know, the issues that I possibly had. But at the same time, I, I'm I'm more aware now. I sort of moved through it better.
1: Yep. Yep. Look, I had um I had a very 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 similar thing as well, and and, and a battle myself with with drinking as well. In that. You know, as 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 a musician, it was, as as we discussed, it was sort of part and parcel with you know life on the road. My my tour, you know, my, my rider was a six pack of Coopers mm. and two waters. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and um, and when 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 Dad passed, as I said, I had a I had a child two weeks later. Mm. The only time that I had to myself was at night by myself, mm. and and that's when I'd sort of keep slipping away. And, and whilst I'm not literally sitting there writing myself off every night I certainly was indulging and and as I was working and I just found that mornings with my daughter were where I connected so I had to I, I, luckily I made the decision myself before someone had to come and tap me on the shoulder mm. and you know like I, I recognized how I wasn't exactly present because I'm you know I'm half hungover every bloody morning mm, yeah. and and I, it, and I'm I'm glad that I came to the realization because for whatever reason I think that the battle with addiction is is you know to to get off that sort of stuff is going to be a lot more effective if it is your decision you know and if you've come to come to grips with it yourself first before you're being told don't do this.
0: Yep. Oh, mate. But that's the thing. Like when you're in that zone, you don't want to be told. And no, exactly right. No,
1: you probably can't be, to be honest, as well. You know, you've you've made your mind up as to what is what it is that's helping, and you're probably blind to the fact that it's doing the opposite.
0: Yeah, that's it. But, yeah, deep down, you know that's what you got to do, but it just takes a bit of courage, uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes we've got to do it. And, and I remember uh, my, my, my oldest son is 22, but I remember holding him when he was three months old having the same thoughts as you. I don't want to be uh, waking up hungover and, and smelling like cigarettes when I'm holding a three-month-old baby, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and that's really where I started to, to change um but yeah like it's it's something that's very hard because a lot of these behaviors are ingrained in us from from a young age you know
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah i, I always tell people that i'm a creature of habit this is this is my routine and, and i incorporated my nightly you know when i was performing a lot more that routine was the closer it was to perfect, the better I was and the more equipped I was to jump on stage no matter what the scenario. Mm. Um, and and so I developed these habits, and one of those habits that were in there was, you know, um, like, like I said, a six-pack of Coopers, but, you know, I would ne- never necessarily – I had a motto not to get drunk on stage. It was because my father actually showed me, um, a performance of me when I was drunk. <laughs> um, and there's nothing, let me tell you, there's nothing more sobering than watching you in front of 300 people at the Vanguard in Newtown, just, just swearing every second word, forgetting lyrics, and I just went, okay, that's not going to happen again. Mm, yeah. um, but that but that didn't apply to after shows, you know.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. got into it. See, this is where Mark Lozotte, Diesel, said to me, it's very dangerous to combine adrenaline with alcohol too yeah hmm Yeah. absolutely and and, and like we'll, we'll keep running the gauntlet but um eventually you know you do get a kick in the kick in the ass from it but isn't it part of modern society you win a grand final you do something good you go and drink and celebrate and you sort of you're matching that high with a high but uh eventually it sort of comes comes down to a low again you know
1: yeah yeah and also I was sort of you know whilst whilst you know staying off the drink for you know periods of time is you know i wanted it to not given given the business that i'm in i didn't want to get it to the point where i could never have a drink
0: yes yeah
1: you know and so and so that that just meant taking time off even when i was fine it's just like no no no, we're not going to sit down and have a couple of bottles tonight mm. um you know no i'm not going to go down this path and um you know like um so so i'm fortunate in the fact that i can still sort of you know Balance it in that state. That was one thing that I didn't want it to get to. I've got a few friends that just you know can't go near it now because they let it get too far. Mm,
0: that's right. And you've got to control it rather than it control you. Yep. Yeah. I yeah think, absolutely. I think, I think that's important. Uh, and you know, we we were sort of out of control for a long period of time. And the only way you can you know sort of feel in control is when you do have a couple of beers or whatever it is to to get back to that sense of feeling good again. Uh, Mm Um, but yeah, I think it's been a real, a real blessing for you, you know, in many ways in what's happened over the last couple of years too, because you've discovered a lot about yourself and that's not only just going to benefit you, it's going to benefit your daughter and your whole family and everyone around you because you've had that experience, you know?
1: Yep. Yep. No, that's, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, I think I'm a, a, a much better person when I've, when I've had some time off and, um, and, um. Enjoying it with friends again, um, yeah. as opposed to you know just bouncing back and start drinking up again with everyone, you know, and it just <laughs> becomes this, this, you know, it's like you sort of, yes, the, the sober times are the strange, <laughs> the sober times were the, were the weird times, and then you sort of back into it, you're like oh okay, you know, back to normal here. I've had a few drinks, yeah. Um, so so yeah, that was that's something I've had to be really really mindful of, um, since my daughter came along, and and um, something that's that is. Uh, undeniably helping
0: me yeah mate that's awesome to hear and i think um yeah things will just progress for you you know you're not in a hurry you're, you're just enjoying life again you've got a a beautiful young daughter i'd love to have a buddy uh a little kid again the next one's going to be a grandkid which makes me feel old but um, <laughs> um, well,
1: you, you, you listen you say that now you say that now
0: yeah.
1: and then <laughs> yeah, and, and then it's uh, you know the, the the lack of sleep oh god that's what's killing me yeah I, I know. but um I, I and and my wife works full time now again as well so mm. so I'm sta- I'm staying at home a lot at the moment uh, in between a couple of projects now at the, um and um you know, that's, that's almost the time as well where you're on a knife edge because you don't have a hell of a lot to do. So you're like, well, why not? Well, why not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: That's true. Now, you gotta, you got to learn to, you know, watch your ego and, um, and just sort of, you know, be a little bit aware of when, when those sorts of thoughts come in to say, okay, no, I'm, I'm okay now. And, um, and do it on your own terms, as you said, when you're around people and uh, yeah, you're in more of a joyous situation, I think it's probably, a, you know, a better way to go.
1: Yep, yeah, 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 There's a lot more to life I've learned.
0: <laughs> Tell me, mate, what's 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 on the cards for you now? What are you doing? Who are you working with? Where's where's Tim going moving forward in the next sort of year or so? Well, look, my my, my father
1: left us a lot of projects that he he, he started. He was, a, as you know, he was an incredibly overtly um, um, ambitious man, and. Um, and uh, I've immersed myself in them and lovely it. The, the documentary still doing so well, which is just so great to be able to, you know, have this story that my daughter will be able to watch one day. Um, he did his audio book three weeks before he passed as well. And um, I've got his, his life story in his voice, which is just probably the most valuable thing to me probably mm-hmm. on this earth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, I've reinvigorated um, Weekly Records and um which was uh his old record label that you know that launched whispering jack which yeah. became the highest selling australian album in history and and that's that's keeping me busy now i've just signed my first act called dan keys and the new riots and and we've got a great team around us and a great team of friends that are sort of helped pushing that project and it's um you know, when you when you, it's, it's sort of like it's a little bit like sports at the moment with us. It's in that we've got a we've got a team that we all want to do really well for one another, and and um, it's it doesn't feel like a solid, sort of solo project, which my own career always sort of felt like. Mm, yeah. um, when you step onto this other side of things, I, I still let me just state that I still feel like an artist who has a record label as opposed to a record label exec. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm still very much going to immerse myself back into into my own work as well this year, and uh, my own creative outlet because I also felt that, you know, um, putting that on hold, um, whilst I navigated my way through this year's work and this year's grief and my and my daughter, um, has sort of left me a little bit empty in a sense. Um, and you know it's, it's, it's that's where a lot of my bad behavior stems from when I sort of feel a little bit useless mm. um, and so so now getting back into the writings, given me a creative outlet and 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 freed my mind up a lot as well I'm you know I'm not trying to entertain my family 24/7 around the house you know I'm going to get back into it and, and then save the best of me for my family and and save all my bullshit for the crowds. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's amazing, mate. No, you 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 just um, uh, you just pointed out some important things there, and balance is really key. You know, you're you're putting your energy in a couple of different things, and um, you know, you've got this um this person by the name of Dan Keys and his his group and his team to be able to support and, and you know, uh, nurture and, and teach and that type of thing. But also, you're looking after your own um own skills and development, and that which is really important. But another thing that you mentioned too, mate. Uh, which is key too, is is having, you know, collaboration and having teams around you. Because when you're doing it solo, you know, life is very much, you know, geared down that path and, and you do, you know, sort of self-isolate a bit. You think that's your norm. But what we do yep. with this charity is we're trying to set up, you know, circles where guys can get together and have conversations all mm-hmm. throughout Australia and, and they go deep. Like they go real deep about stuff. And, and that's something that, that we're not taught to do, are We We, we, don't, we don't... No, it's, do not,
1: it's not. It's not. Um, it, it's It's... It's great that there's been that I've you know like I just know that we, you know when my father dealt with depression you know like the, there was there was always a stigma to it back in his day and you know and that the, the, there is still somewhat of a stigma especially amongst Australian men you know like it's just you know I, I don't know why but you know since I've started addressing it and I've only really started opening up, and to, pull, to be honest, I, I think I've only really, really, truly experienced it once I lost my father. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like sure, I had some some rough patches here and there, and some things that I was stressed out about. But when he passed away, you know, that 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 sort of stuff go. Everything gets you know put into perspective, mm-hmm. and you go, oh, okay, no, this is pain, this is grief, and this is this is a, a cloud of you're in you're in darkness that sort of. Um, that that sometimes is sort of inexplicable and it's 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 that lack of being able to it was when it started rearing its head and I wasn't able to explain to to even myself why I was feeling that way was when I said okay this needs to be addressed yeah Yep. Um, you know because you know sure I'd, I'd, I'd be in tears and I was sad. I'm like it's because I miss my dad mm-hmm. But then there was times when I was feeling secure about that and sort of you know, the grief wasn't Omnipresent and surrounding me and I was still dark and it was that uh, Inability to explain what that grief was about and what that 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 scared me mm-hmm. That, did, that sort of took control in a sense.
0: What did you do? Did you talk to someone or how had you had you play it out?
1: Well, look. I was lucky, in that I've got the most supportive wife that anyone could ask for. Um, and and I I started immersing myself in the growth of my child as well, mm. and um, and that helped. But yeah, of course, speaking to people, I was on the phone to people, you know, till all you know till all hours of the night, and and you know, just looking for support in any way I could. And sometimes, I, sometimes I did feel like. Uh, you know, I'm just projecting my issues onto other people, and I got self conscious of that as well. Mm. Um, um, but you know, I, I was reassured by those people that, that that wasn't the case, and that they were there to listen, and um, and that that made a big difference. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, amazing, mate. The big the big problem is with, with men is the you know the male ego and that getting in the road of you expressing yourself because we we suppress ourselves, you know, that's the way we're being being trained uh, to keep keep it in and don't talk about stuff and Mate, I tell you, I, 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 I've lost count of how many people I've seen, you know, change in front of my eyes because they've actually like they've they've been able to express stuff that's buried deep down, and and yep. they've been in an environment where they feel safe to do it. That that's the thing because they've never felt that way because a lot of families are very judgmental. Uh, and you can't talk about things with your family or your peers. You, you do attract the wrong friends because you're that way yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And yep. there's, there's yep. Lot, lots of guys in that environment where, you know, you've got a common bond because you, you've got shit, you know, buried underneath. But, but for people, say, like your wife, like they're, they're open people, they're heart-based people that, um, that you can confide in. That's what we've got to start to get men uh, to work towards, you know, to actually have that skill and that ability because it's been suppressed for years. You know, I talk about this often, but we live in a colonised country where there's been a lot of trauma handed down, you know. Mm-hmm. And we can break the cycles now if we really, you know, are curious and uh, and want to make an effort to do it. Because women communicate a lot better than what guys do, and I just think we can we can turn the corner. Because that, as I said, it doesn't just benefit us; it benefits our kids and everyone around us. You know, at the end of the day, and I think that's important. You can find what it is within yourself that keeps you balanced and try and stay on that path. I think that's when we start to take control rather than be yeah. out, of, out of control. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and you know, look, I I consider myself really really fortunate to to have not just the support around me but but um but to be artistically inclined and and that that helps me um get what i want out Mm. um a lot of people don't have that but i can sit down put pen to paper and sit down with my guitar or at the piano and and i I can i I, I, i'm blessed with an ability to put how i'm feeling down on that paper Mm. and into and into into words and music and and then to have the, the distinct privilege of being able to sing that to people and have people listen to that and or refer to it if they're feeling the same way is is an incredible outlet
0: mm, yeah mate oh look you know and it's something which um which i think is very deep in me because the creative pursuits that i had when i was young was squashed by the edu- yep. by the education system and, you know, I'd love to be able to learn how to express myself when we when we talk about yoga from the fifth chakra, which is your throat, and, and that's your expression point primarily. And I think there's something in there that's never been able to be brought out, but there's a blockage which is, you know, neurologically sort of stuck, uh, which can be freed up if I'm able to use that properly and, and use it better. And I reckon that's a great, a great tool that... Um, that people can use to be able to, to sing or, or write or do something creative, which helps them move forward. And um, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. You are very blessed to sort of have that skill, you know, already. Yeah. And, and
1: like, you, you can, you can notice that if you, if you go to shows and things like that, you know, like you said, from the throat, you, you notice the singer that's going through something. And, and if they if they're, if they're projecting and they're they using this as their outlet, you can tell those performances from another run of the mill performance mm. from the Wednesday night before. They, you know what I mean? If something's happened in between, you, you you're watching men and women possessed, mm. and um and and that th- I guess one of the sad things about that is as well is quite often those 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 people that are not necessarily in the most you know mentally stable state putting in these great performances are what people are really drawn to as well (laughs) Um, which is which is sort of this juxtaposition between oh do I want to see my favorite artist um you know in a really happy place and it might you know might just be a sort of you know a great show Mm. or do I want to see them get up there and prove a point
0: (laughs) Mm, yes yeah yeah Oh, mate, I haven't seen live music much for a long time, but I did watch uh, a band, I won't mention who they are, um, the lead singer, he just dropped his first ecstasy tablet before he got on stage, and mate, it was a oh, sensational uh, performance, <laughs> but, but, um, but uh, yeah, I can imagine what a lot of guys like yourself go through, because you got to try and get yourself up all the time, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and then you go, and then you got to back it up, and you you got to put a smile and get all that bravado again, and get up and do it the next night. And mm. sometimes they're probably the hardest ones when you've when you've left everything out there on the, the night before. You've got to you got to sort of back it up, yep. and you know, and and like I said, sometimes you're not in the in the mental state to do so, but um, but it's your job, and you carry on, and you know, you you, you put on that brave face, you strap on a smile, and you go out there and do it. And um, look, you know, like I said, I, I still think. That's better than not doing anything, um, as an artist or a performer. Um, I think, I think the time that, like I said, I was always, I'm always healthier mentally when I'm on the road and when I'm performing because I sort of have to be in that sense, and I've got to look after myself. Yes. Whereas when I'm sort of sitting around the house not doing much, it's it's in, it's in between those phases that you sort of really let yourself go, and and without that ability to
0: sort of express yourself, you know, it, it gets it gets built up. Yes, if you're aware of it now. That's the most important thing, you know. And um, <clears> having that awareness is key because you know if you do uh, do sort of slide a little bit, you've got some tools possibly to um, to to move you move you forward. And, and you're right, I'm the same too. Like you know, when I'm out on I'm, I'm, I'm on purpose, I'm doing things you know that I'm I'm really uh, driven by and connected with. Then then yeah, yeah, you are stable mentally. But when you're sort of sitting around, and your mind's not busy. Then all of a sudden, you can sort of get into the wishy-washy a little bit more.
1: Yep. 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 Do you, I mean, it's funny, with all the people that you speak to, do you find that have you, have you found that when you're sitting there, if, if they're watching too much television, their mind races a lot? <laughs> like I've, I've started turning off the TV a lot. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. you know, because I'm sitting there watching a show that I might not be interested in, my mind's going off in this other place. Yes. Yep. And and it, and it's it's it's, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> and then all the, all the problems of the world just come to the forefront while I'm sitting there watching Bloody Love
0: Island. <laughs> and <That's it. laughs> Yeah, but, but you you're, you're you, if you're clever about it, you can see how your chemistry is is working um you know within your brain and and you you understand the things that do take you into a decline and that and really if you think about tv uh particularly the the commercial television stations they're all about getting us into fear and into guilt and into shame so they can sell us shit. and um you know that that gets our nervous system into a place where we're completely vulnerable you know and not in a good way Um, you know, as, as men, we need to be vulnerable when we talk about stuff, but we don't need to be vulnerable when we're, um, when we're we're exposed to, you know, things that we possibly do regret moving forward. And, um, you know, we've got to be able to be aware of that, like an entertainment too, because it'll make us feel good, you know, temporarily, but sometimes it won't last long. And TV will do the same, you know, you'll watch TV, you might watch a good show, you'll feel good, but then eventually you'll, you'll slip back. But to find balance, this is what's been the biggest gift for me, Tim, is... Like I, I, I got out of the, you know, the, the the party scene, all that type of stuff, and then I got into fitness, physical fitness, and that was a blessing for me. But then I got curious about what I needed to do to get my mind settled. So I actually went into Buddhism and I went into um, to meditation and that and that was really difficult because my mind had always been busy my whole life, you know. Uh, yep. I need something to be attached to, 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 you know, to be, be connected. But when you, when you might sit still with, with your own feelings and thoughts and your own, your own chemistry, it's a different ball game altogether and it's a different skill. But I do know full well, if you can learn to do things that um, you disconnect without any simulation, eventually you start to become more in control and aware of how you're operating. And, uh, yep. and that really taps us into a power that we've never experienced before, you know.
1: Yeah, I've always been—I've always been pretty fortunate as well. To my, my favorite time of the day is—is is going to the gym. I've always maintained fitness, and fitness for me is—you know—is paramount. Mm-hmm. And I've always noticed that when I'm there, it, it, and I'm able to combine exercise with my favorite thing to do in the world, which is listen to music. <laughs> yeah, and and so it's so I, I always said, you know, like. The gym and my fitness is a byproduct of me being able to do what I want. which is listen to music. I can just combine the two whenever I want. Mm. Um, but yeah, but then, but then, sometimes I find as well that the double-edged sword there is that when I'm not feeling fit and physically healthy or at my best, I I start to get down again.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's right. Because you know that's what it is. It makes you feel good, and without that, you lose you lose that 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 feeling. You know, and it's like a bit of a drug too because. It gets your endorphins going, but also when your breath gets into a rhythm, we'll really notice this. So when you're working out your breath's like nice and structured and full, that's how that's how you, you, you calm your nervous system down, you know? And if you that was a bit of a game changer for me, because when I was really fit, I I sort of got curious as to say, well, what happens if I get injured? Do I just lose the plot then? Or do I learn how to um, how to stay connected without it? And that's where meditation is good, because you, you learn how to flow with your breath and you learn how to you know de deregulate naturally rather than sort of you know upregulate, which fitness does. Um, yep. but eventually, um, yeah, I think if you can balance the two, so they call it the yin and the yang. So the gym's really the yang, you know, the performing's really the yang, but you've got to have the stillness and, and, the, um, you know, the ability to be able to disconnect and, you know, you can disconnect and watch TV, but you're still being stimulated, particularly mm-hmm. if it's something negative, like what you mentioned before. But um, if you can learn a practice where you're you're getting connected and grounded in that consistently, because yeah, you're right, performing and being in those um, performing arts will unground you too. Uh, that's where Diesel's getting grounded because he's going running, you know, and his breath gets into a rhythm, and then he feels calm again. Um, yep. But yeah, I think if, if you can maybe practice a meditation for 11 minutes a day, use an app use something which can you know you can you can have something to follow but eventually it's just like the training mills come off and then you you, you become sort of more connected to that state of being more often rather than just every now and then
1: mm, yeah and, and then you see then there, there's yeah like you said sort of like a drug and that there's a reliance on that as well mm. and when the, the inability to be able to do that and, and get that done puts pressure on you again and um yeah, like it's it's like yeah, like you said, yin and yang. It's the balance, and I think you're 100 percent right.
0: It is, mate. The, the ancient wisdom from those cultures that we uh, we ignored for a long time is starting to really rain rain true now.
1: That's yeah, well, strong. that was it. Was one thing that's helped me a lot is um um, for the last three months, um, I've I've been delving into Chinese medicine, acupuncture, right. cupping, right. and 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 things to sort of keep my my body healthy in that sense and um and and that time when you know got needles in you and you're lying there and you're just sort of lying there in silence it's like you know sometimes 45 minutes just feels like three minutes and you sort of come (laughs) out of it and 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 it's just you you just you sort of in a in a daze but it certainly gets me out of that cloud
0: Mm, that's it and and see this is this is the secret of it all like you need to get the chi working in your body, you know, properly because it's blocked most of the time. If we can get that chi working through stretching or, you know, something which, which gets that, that that flow working properly, then we actually oper- operate a lot better above the shoulders as well. You know, there's this great chemistry that happens in the body that we're not, not aware of. And if that's working well, then we feel good and we feel balanced and connected again. But um, a lot of people, particularly men in modern society, are disconnected from their bodies. So it's great you're doing some stuff there, which is, you know, getting your back uh, in tune with that.
1: Yeah, it was. I, I've tried a lot of things with regards to sort of with self-help. And I think I'm one of those classic cases that goes, tries it once. Doesn't work. I move on.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and it was and it, it was sticking with the Chinese medicine that's that's really helped. It's, it was the first thing I ever turned and went back to. Yeah. I mean, outside of going to the gym, etc. Um, you know, which sort of seems a little bit easier. But but you know, because sometimes you feel like you oh, I don't really need it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. And then and then once again, it's that cycle, and you start slumping again.
0: Yep, hundred percent, mate. And uh, the Yin and the Yang, is, as as you mentioned before, but. You, you've now identified in three months uh, a key thing because it takes 12 weeks to build a habit, you know, and mo- most bikes, as you said, will do it once or twice and that'll be it, but you've got to commit to something for, for a period of time. Yep and uh, once you've done that then you, you can see the benefits but you know we're trying to get from A to Z really quickly but we, we we don't actually enjoy the journey so enjoying the journey is a key part of it but our minds are at speed so much that we're thinking about the outcome rather than the journey as well and that's uh, yep. that that's the gift in itself
1: yeah and i guess i guess probably the most important thing to uh, like advice that i would give as well not that i feel so i am one to give advice but it's it's it, it is you know, try and make it easy for yourself and find something that you enjoy. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if, if I didn't enjoy the Chinese medicine and I had to drag myself there all the time, if I didn't enjoy the gym and, and enjoy listening to music while I was at the gym and dragging myself there every time, you know, you're not going to get into a rhythm with that. It's not going to help you. I think you've got to continue the search to find that thing that's going to do that for you.
0: Yeah, everyone's different too, mate, and that's the thing. That's, probably, yep. that's why I didn't like school because school's trying to teach you shit that you didn't want to do.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly right yeah yeah, yeah I did the, the funny thing is I did 11 years of Chinese language <laughs> oh, so and um, did, didn't absorb a goddamn thing and now here I am just you know sort of resorting to Chinese medicine going oh, okay maybe <laughs> maybe there, there was something in there but you know when you're at school you know you're too young to sort of acknowledge the things that you are going to enjoy later in life like for instance I've uh, become a history buff especially Roman history and things like that and mm. And it's like, oh God, I wish I did pay attention in school. I wish I could have I wish I could have acknowledged that I was going to like this later on in life. But that's not how it works. You've got to find it, don't you?
0: Yeah. And that's the thing back then, you're actually like judged and on on, on, on how much you do listen and the grades you get and all that sort of shit. But the enjoyment actually falls out of it, you know, and um, yep. yeah, you, you're right. There is some things that come back, but a lot of what they did teach us was, <laughs> was irrelevant. So yep. Yep. anyway, mate, how can people get hold of you if they want to check out your work and, and maybe look at what Dan's doing and all that sort of stuff?
1: Um, you can uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Weekly Records. Um, you can follow me personally at Crooked Saint. Um, I've got a website, weeklyrecords.com. and, um, and uh, we try to keep everyone up to date and give you a list of our artists and, um, and, and all their outlets. And, um, you know, like I said, supporting these artists as well that are often going through the same thing that we all are um, is the best thing for them as well.
0: I agree, mate. And I'd love to be able to see these guys up here in central Queensland playing because I think it would be incredibly popular. And, um, yeah, that's, um, that's where I think it's needed uh, for in the grassroots communities to be able to help mental well-being, to have, you know, great acts out here as well, I think is really key rather than just the capital centres.
1: Yeah, well, I think um, the most, one of the most rewarding things that my father and John ever did was um, was John's massive regional tour. I know it's become quite a joke, but in support of the Last Time album. And so, you know, so when he, they took the two tents and they went around, they did, I think it was about 98 shows or something like that. Mm. And um and they, they went to towns that hadn't seen live music or anything like that in in over you know a couple of decades mm. in some cases, um and it's you know that was for them I mean the crowds and the support that they got on that tour was like I said the most rewarding tour I think they'd done.
0: Yeah, agree, mate. You're getting back to that human connection again, and you see smiles on people's faces, and you start to see the happiness you bring in people, and and that's so much more important than um than just getting up there, getting the job done and, um, you know, and getting out of there because if you're playing in front of 15,000 people at Rod Laver Arena, you're not going to have any connection but if you're in a regional town where you're able to, you know, like experience people's emotions and, and your own emotions and that human human touch I think is really valuable, you know.
1: Yeah, it is, it is, it is and, you know, and there's, I, don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very biased but I don't think there's anything more powerful than music.
0: Yep. yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. Uh, look, I, I, this is another conversation for another day. But like a friend of mine in WA, her name's Tenniel Bentley. She's doing this amazing, um, you know, stuff around sound medicine, and they, 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 they do their work at four thirty-two hertz, um, and the healing, um, you know, modalities that come with that for people. It's 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 insane, you know. Um, mm.
1: um,
0: so there's so much more behind sound than what we actually experience on the surface. I think um you know but also it's the yang, yang and the yin you know like the i love the yang music when i work out too but also i like the softness of when i want to calm down and be able to sort of see that if you've got got the yang happening all the time in your life and you're blasting metallica out yeah you, you're going to be uh you know wound up <laughs>
1: But yeah, yeah. Well, funn- funnily enough, I tend to work out to things like Wayland Jennings and Jackson Brown, so that's it pr- 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 probably explains my lack of progress in my physical
0: <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you got to go upbeat when you want to. You want to make some progress, mate. That's for sure. So yeah, but yeah, uh, Absolutely. Appreciate it, mate. Really in- enjoyed this. It's going to go far and wide. So um, hope some people will reach out to you. I'm going to follow you on Instagram and. Um, mate hopefully we'll get to catch up one day and you know good on you for 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 where you've sort of come in the last sort of couple of years and i think the best yet to come for you mate so you know everything's sort of happened for a reason and i think you know there's some great things uh, ahead of uh, for, for tim and also you know the wonderful people that you're supporting and that in the future i think um, you know they're going to get the best out of you for sure
1: oh thanks a lot aaron thanks a lot for having me man and um look, and thank you for everything that you're doing as well for uh, all those Aussie men out there that are sort of struggling with this and finding it hard to sort of confront the issue. And,
0: um, listen, I'd I'd love to come back on and chat again, mate. We'll make it happen. Great, Aaron. (laughs)